0: All right, let's go. We are going to begin this morning in the Gospel of John. So I'm going to pray and we'll get there. God, we acknowledge your presence in our midst. We acknowledge your spirit moving among your people. God, we acknowledge the work of your hands. God, help us never to forget that you are on the move in this world. That you're a God of grace and a God of mercy, but you're also a God of justice. You're a God of love. God, I pray that you would open our hearts this morning to the words of, of your scriptures. I pray that they would penetrate where they need to in our hearts and in our souls, and into our very minds. Give us new insight into how to live this out every day. And God, this morning I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart is acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Okay, the Gospel of John. So if you have your Bibles, open them to Genesis chapter 1. I know, but Genesis chapter 1. Seriously, go there. All right, here we go. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heaven, heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God begins... To create stuff. Now, in the original Hebrew text, if I can go there for a minute, it doesn't quite read two sentences. It reads one continual thought. It would read like when God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and empty. And so there's really one thought there. And, and we can talk about dependent thought or independent thoughts. It really doesn't matter. And I know you've been up nights just worrying about whether it's correct in the tanakh or or the niv has the correct interpretation i'm with you on that i feel your pain but don't worry about it what we want to get a hold of is god is creating god sets off to creating stuff and we see that the earth is in this negative state it would almost be considered in an evil state the descriptive words that are used formless and void or empty, formless has this meaning of being in a state of confusion, and void has has a meaning of of of, of just like a wasteland, just being a waste. And it talks about darkness, and darkness is about the absence of light, but also in the Hebrew it means to be just in, in obscurity, to have really no real meaning. And then when he refers to the deep and the water, it's in in reference to the oceans. In the Hebrew mindset, it, it's. The waters, the oceans are chaos because of their violent nature. And the abyss, you know, the deep, another translation would be the abyss. So so this is the world that's in this, this place of chaos. And God is going to start creating within the chaos. And this is what, and, and we see that he understands and he sees it. And he sees the condition of the world. This is where he's going to begin his work. This is what he has to work with. The only positive thing in that whole text is that the Spirit of God is hovering over this chaos. same word for spirit is is wind. So the wind of God is hovering over the chaos. And God will begin to bring order to the chaos. He takes action in verse 3. And God said, let there be light. There was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. God speaks. The word of God comes from the mouth of God, and he speaks light into the darkness. He speaks light into the chaos. Light is the first thing that God will speak into this to begin to bring order to the chaos. Light is a symbol of goodness. In fact, God will say he saw the light and it's good. And we see this refrain over and over again. God creates and he sees that it's good. But the first thing that God does is he speaks the light into the chaos, into the darkness. And then he separates the two. He calls the the light day and he calls the dark night. And the word in Hebrew for night is opposed to day. And so he has separated these two things. The goodness from the chaos. The goodness from the evil. It's important to note that on the first day, God speaks light into this chaotic creation, but he doesn't form the light that will govern the day until day four. So on the first day, he speaks light, and he sees the light, and it's good, but not till day four is when he creates what we would consider the sun to govern the day. And so the light God has spoken into creation on the first day has a very deep, deep meaning there's something much more significant about the light that he has spoken in day one because this light will begin to bring order to the chaos and he says it's good and he creates more and it's good and he creates more and he's good he gets to the end of it and he kicks back with an O'Douls and he says yeah this is very good we know that God wouldn't drink this sorry I don't know what's wrong with me today but anyway so um so so and so god says it's very good and by the time we get to chapter 2 we see god's continuing to create and he's creating more stuff and now god becomes god's considered a little bit more personal because in in chapter 1 of genesis god is in the hebrew he's elohim just god and by the time we get to chapter 2 they call him yahweh elohim lord god and god begins to interact with his creation he starts to enjoy his creation in fact one verse says that he's walking in the cool of the day in his garden, checking stuff out. God is going to become interactive with creation. And he says, "Yeah, this is this is this is good," but we know that the story doesn't stay good for very long. In chapter two, there's this garden, and there's this dude, and there's a tree. And God says, "You know what? You got everything here, man. Just work the ground." It's all going to be good. Don't eat from that tree. All he had to do. By the time we get to chapter 3, we see the serpent makes his way in and tempts Eve. Did God really say that? Did God really tell you not to eat the fruit of that tree? He starts starts to sow the seed of doubt in Eve about the word of God this word that just created everything, he says, did God really say that? And Eve says, well, he said we can eat everything around here, but we can't eat from that tree and we can't touch it. We see that Eve becomes a conservative evangelical adding to the word of God. You guys are going to fire me. I'm sorry. Um, where was I? So, but we understand that sin begins with, always begins with, the distortion of the very truth of God. And so Eve eats. Adam eats. They gain knowledge. And it all falls apart. I would argue that, yes, they gain knowledge, but they lost their innocence. Because what's the first thing they recognize when they've eaten from, from that tree? They look and they say, we're naked. They've lost their innocence. You ever notice children, young children, will run around naked in front of anybody and anywhere, it's like they don't even know they're naked. We were uh, our family was at um, Lake Compounds one year, and uh, Megan and I were sitting in the um, the bumper cars, and um, there was this woman, and she had her son in in the stroller, and she looked like she mouthed something to the husband, you know, and. Takes the son and puts him out of the stroller, and uh, you know we're, we're kind of sitting there, and they got their rocking tunes going on, they're jamming down, and and so little boy runs, he gets to like the entrance where you come in, and I see the mom just like it was almost surreal and slow motion, no, and she starts to run, and I look like I'm like, and I look at the boy, and there he is standing in the entrance of the 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 um the bumper cars with his pants around his ankles okay this is Lake compounds and understand that when a boy first senses the freedom of outside bathroom it's all about the ark and and this little boy is working the ark and the mother runs up and scoops him and takes him into the bushes just he has he doesn't care there's that sense of innocence and then she comes back in and she's and everybody's like oh look how cute i mean imagine if a real grown man did that people would be like oh but no, but, but when a child does it, there's something cute, and there's something so innocent about it. And she comes back, and she's all embarrassed, and she looks at me, mm-hmm, and I just sink down in the seat. I'm like, oh, and the ride starts. And I'm like, oh, good. Don't tell my son I tell my son. So, so there's a loss of innocence. They're no longer childlike. They, they know and they understand now. And so now God's good creation is now not so good anymore. Sin has been introduced into it. Chaos has been brought back into it. And light and darkness and good and evil and order and chaos will always be pushing against each other. The pages of the Bible are filled with stories of light versus darkness. Chaos against order. Good versus evil. By the time chapter 3 comes, we see God's plan in action. God does his first step and he makes clothes for the man and the woman out of skins, the first sacrifice. and that sacrifice clothes the man and the woman and he takes their shame away. And so God's redemptive plan has now been set in motion. Let's go to John chapter 1. beginning was the word and the word was god was with god and the word was god he was with god in the beginning john starts off by reminding us of that very creation story of what happened in the beginning that god releases his word out of his mouth and begins to create it's a creative force that god begins in the world in the in our world with his word and we begin to recall that story of, of how he speaks, and he speaks, and he speaks. And creation comes, and creation comes, and he orders, and he separates, and he builds everything that we have now. He uses, John will begin to, to use terms like light, and life, and darkness. The first beginning, the word of God was spoken, and it brought forth everything. And it's almost like John is, is starting this whole, he's going to share a whole nother beginning. And that beginning, too, will start with the word of God being brought into the chaos and the darkness and the order. And that word was with God, and that word is God. The word of God existed, pre existed, before all things. You cannot separate God's word from God. The word was with God, and the word was God. There was not a time that the word did not exist. In the Jewish tradition, they consider Torah, uh, the, the teachings of God, the law of God, however you want to um, define that. But the Torah was was created first before everything, even before wisdom. But for John, the word of God existed with God, in fact, the word of God, or the word is God. And so what's the point? What's the point of bringing this, this idea of the word forward? What I see happening here is that this word will point to God's truth. The word points to who God is. It will show us the very nature of God himself. And, and it, when, when we speak our words, they reveal something about us. When we speak, we can, we can take our thoughts and what we're thinking and we can communicate them so other people can hear them. And so God is beginning to communicate with us through this word. It is his way of revealing himself to us. And so in our humanness, we can just get a hold, a little bit of who God is and what God is like through his word. God is not out there somewhere. He didn't set this thing in motion and walk away from it. God wants his creation to know him. God wants his creation to understand him. God wants to reveal himself to his creation, and he wants his creation to know him on a very deep and intimate level. And, and, the, and these ideas of God, they're not just static, they're not just truths like, you know, God is just, and God is graceful or full of grace, and God is mercy, all these. The, the word of God brings life. God's justice brings life. God's truth brings life. God's grace brings life. It brings us emotional life. It brings us physical life. It brings us spiritual life. The word of God is living and it brings us life. With all of its creative force and beauty and magnificence, the word of God reveals who God is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. God and His Word are not identical. For me to have an identical twin, I have to have somebody standing here next to me. So you could see that we would be identical. God and His Word are one. This is why it's so foundationally important to understand that Jesus is the word of God. In fact, we see that by verse 2. He says, he, John will use the word, he was with God in the beginning. He is Jesus. This is why Jesus is not optional. If you reject This would have freaked people out in the first century because um, Judaism is monotheistic, meaning one God and, and and this is this is they would hold on to this teaching um, and fight for it tooth and nail all of the other all of the other uh, cultures around them polytheistic would worship many many gods but for for the Jewish people one God John understands this, but he still engages the the mystery of Jesus being. God, and God the Father being God, and not having them be separate, having them be, be one, is the, one of the mysteries of our faith. John understands that. It's been revealed to him by the Spirit of God. And if you can get your mind around that and explain that to me, let's talk after church. But John gets it. Jesus is with God in the beginning. Jesus is God. This is why Jesus is not You know, I know that we like options in the world. I mean, we don't like when it's just one way and one way only. I mean, who likes to pay income tax? Pretty much, it's death and income tax. I mean, I I mean, that's those are constants in our life. You cannot pay; they will catch up with you. But we like to have options. We don't like it when things when 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 we have to do things things one way, and that's the only way. And in fact, oh my goodness, if we just say that Jesus is not an option, or is not optional, we are. We're, we're, we're called judgmental. We're called arrogant. Tim Keller, great book, The Reasons for God, he, he uses this idea. He says all faiths are like that. Let me give you an example. If I was an elder at a, uh, a universalist church, universalist churches, um, they, they believe that all paths lead to God. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are moving toward God. You can, you can pray to Buddha, and Buddha will bring you into the presence of God. You can pray to the Hindu gods, and those gods will bring you into the presence of the one God. Jesus is not the way. Jesus is an option for us to choose if we want to get to God. This is their belief. Now, if I was an elder sitting on that board, and I, had to, I have to embrace all of those theologies. I have to say, yes, I agree that all of these ways are paths to the one living God. Now, what if what if I were to have the Spirit of God, the true God, come upon me, and then the revelation of no, that's, that's, that's not the is. Jesus is the way to God. And I came to my brother elders, and I said, we have to stop. We can't tell these people that there are many ways to get to the same God. It's Jesus. Jesus is, the, because Jesus is God. What do you think that they would do? I would probably be asked to leave the elder. So within a plethora of options in that faith, they would discount my option. See, we think that we love options, but the reality of it is we just want what we want. When we want it. This is the opening text of, fundamental because Jesus is not optional. in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. John will now move from the relationship of God the Father and God the Son and he will move into a relationship talk about the relationship between God, the Son, or Jesus, the Word, and His creation. Jesus creates. Through Jesus, everything was created. Everything that has come into this world that has been created was created through Jesus, not by Jesus. It's very important that we understand it. Jesus, not by Jesus, because God the Father is responsible for, For all of creation. Look at 1 Corinthians 8. It talks about. But God the Son. Jesus. Had a part. Had a part in that creation. Through Jesus. All things. All created things. Have been made. Nothing that has been created. Was not created by Jesus. Understand that? No. Good. I'm not going to give you the answer. Understand that Jesus. All things have been created through Jesus. Martin Luther would say it this way, that God spoke the word. Jesus carried out the creation. All things have been created through Jesus. This is why Jesus is not optional. Turn to Colossians. 20, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to start reading in verse 16. For in him, Jesus, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth. So everything in the heavens were created through Jesus, everything on earth has been created through Jesus. Look around. Individually, everything has been created through Jesus. Visible and invisible. Everything that you see has been created through Jesus. Everything that you can't see has been created through Jesus. There are things that we don't know about, that we can't see, that we can't physically touch, that Jesus has created, or that was created through Jesus. Whether thrones, or powers, or rulers, or authorities, they were created. Jesus when the police came here and they harassed us like to no end they were created through Jesus I mean Jesus had a little word about that I didn't get an answer yet but he's working on it so so everything that means corrupt governments have been allowed to exist Jesus our government. for all things, echoing the passage in John. And in him, all things hold together. Jesus holds everything together. You're not exploding into a big pile of schmutz right now because Jesus is holding you together. The earth doesn't tilt. If the earth tilted one degree, life would stop and, and cease to exist. Jesus holds that together. Science tells us that the universe is expanding, or space is expanding. Jesus is holding it together so it doesn't explode and we get lost. Jesus holds all things together. So even at your best, at your most creative of what you're doing in life, you're just like, yes, look at what I'm doing. You can go, hey Jesus, what are you doing? I'm just holding everything together. Jesus holds all things. the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the life of all people. 36 times in the Gospel of John, Jesus used the word, um, John will use the word life. Many times in reference it's double the amount of any other book in the New Testament. John hits and talks about this idea of life. And the Greek word here is zoe, and it, and it means much more than just your heart pumping and blood going through in brain waves. It's much more than biological or physical life. It's about vitality and passion and that thing that puts your feet on the ground in the morning that gets you out of bed. It's living a fullness in life. Jesus, He will say that. Jesus says, I am the bread of of life, I have come to give life and give it in abundance. I lay down my life. In me is eternal life. All of these references to Jesus and life. 36 times John will speak of that. So life has come through Jesus. And all of its depths and all of its nuances. Um, emotional and spiritual and physical and intellectual life has come because of Jesus. It is not an accident that we have life. It's not by chance that you are here in living. It's not by a mistake that you have been born and you have life and you've been given passions and talents and desires to do things. Those things come because of Jesus. It's not a mistake. Life cannot exist does not exist in its own right. It is because of Jesus. It says, in him was life. Life, it, it's, it's, it's not Jesus giving life. It's something mystical about in him is life. Life flows from his very being. And his desire is to give us that life that we would engage in all its complexities and all of its nuances in ways that we don't understand. Jesus, in him, Jesus is life. This is why Jesus is not optional, And this life is the light of all people, not some people, not just Christian people, not just really good Christian people, not just the conservative Christian people, not the universalist Christian people, not the liberal Christian people. This life is the light of all people. Remember, in the beginning, God creates, and he speaks light into the darkness, and this light is good, and this light begins to bring order to the chaos. Maybe another way to read this verse is this, that in him was life, and that life was the goodness of all people. Any goodness that we have within us is Jesus. Anything good within us is not of our own making. It is because of Jesus. And what this means, all people, that means that if an atheist who does not believe in God, who will say that there is no God, if an atheist shows biblical goodness, I don't know way they say it, but, but a goodness, they, they show mercy, or they show justice, or they show, show grace or kindness, that mercy, justice, grace, or kindness is Jesus work in all of his creation, whether they want to admit to it or not. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about possessing salvation. I'm talking about possessing goodness within us. Anything that is good within us. Anything that is good within anyone is Jesus. God is at work in all of his creation. You see, for us, We can look and see the good in people and know Jesus is there. We can look and see truth in the world and see Jesus there. We can look and find grace and mercy and, and justice anywhere and find Jesus. Because these things are from him. They cannot operate. They are not available without him. This messes things up. This doesn't make it us versus them anymore. This doesn't make it all nice and neat and tidy. But that we can see that light shines in the darkness and the darkness is not overcoming. You see that John's going back to the idea of light shining in the darkness. You know, up till now, John is talking in past tense. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made. In Him was life. Now we get to That light shines, and the darkness is not overcoming. He changes things. The light of Christ goes forth into the darkness. The darkness pushes against it, but the light of Christ pushes back. We can see it. Tell me a story of um, a young girl brought home a um, co-worker. And this co-worker ended up just beating her, poking her eyes out with a pencil, stabbing, raping her, left her for dead. And Sandy's mom knows the family of this young lady. Man, that's dark. That's that's, that's like, I don't get it, dark. That's like, God, where were you, dark? what are you thinking? Darkness. The scriptures tell me that even somehow that stuff the light of Christ shines. and we see that it doesn't say that the light of Christ shines into it it says the light of Christ shines in it that right in the middle of that darkness. of families falling apart, in the middle of that argument that takes place in your mind every day, in the middle of that temptation that's just got a hold of you and it just won't let you go, and you keep falling back into that same pattern of, of what you're doing and you hate it and it's sin and you just can't be released, hear the words of the gospel. The light of Jesus shines in that darkness. And you know what, what the funny thing about darkness is? The darker it gets, the less light you need, to see it. it means, it means if it's not so dark, you have a little bit of light. You really can't but when it's pitch black, all you need is you need to see that light. Jesus shines in, the, in our darkness. Jesus shines in the darkness that's all around us. And man, I don't understand it fully. I don't fully get how f- these bad things things and how still the light of Jesus shines. But I have to take this word literally and I have to hold on to it because that light is my hope and that hope is Jesus that it will shine in the darkness and that one day there will be no more darkness. When heaven crashes into earth in chapter 21 of Revelation and there is no more tears, there's no more sorrow, there's no more hurt, there's no more, it's just, it's just heaven this is this is the gospel this is john in the beginning of his book within the first 5 verses of his book he will tell us how this all plays out how it all ends the darkness will not overcome jesus he has won that's the gospel story that's the good news that's what we that's how what, how we can actually walk and live in this life and understand that jesus wins In the end, Jesus wins. The darkness will not There will come a time that we will not need this book anymore. There will come a time when this will just be the story of God and that we will find ourselves in the completion of this book when that time comes. God is by grace that we are saved through Jesus Christ. It is by faith in Christ that we are saved by that grace. God, pour out your grace upon us and build our faith. God, help us to look for the good in the world that is Christ. Help us to look for the love in the world that is Christ. Your word tells us that God is love, and that love cannot take place outside of God. Help us to look for love in the world and claim it as the truth of Jesus Christ and then give glory to the creator of it. So God, as we go forth here this week, as we leave this place, help us to just always be mindful that Jesus is not God, as we leave here and we get ready to celebrate three men who are publicly displaying their commitment to you, God, I pray that you would bless them continually throughout this day. That this day will be special for them in ways that they don't even know yet. Thank you for the community that will support them. Thank you for their friends um, that will baptize them. God, I pray. They will be the light of the world and push back the darkness as we pray these things in that name that was given to us, the name of Jesus. Amen. If you'd like to join us, we'll be.